Sagacious listeners of Marcus Sahaba join us on the segment Medical Files. And Alhamdulillah, once again, one of your favorites is back. And he is none other than Dr. Azizullah Rawat. Dr. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell us, how are you doing this fine, beautiful evening? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Always an absolute pleasure to be on the Medical Files of Marcus Sahaba. I do feel very at home when on the show. And I hope you're doing well too. Well, when you're around, you know, my uh, my lighty brew is here with me. So I'm feeling very comfy, very happy. I know the listeners are simply, uh, you know, love you coming onto the show and uh, giving your expertise. Uh, but before we get into that, you know, looking at uh, what's happening in uh, Gaza and what's happening in Palestine, what are your thoughts? I mean, you're watching uh, the forces of Basil really, uh, you know, losing it left, right and center, doctor. Yeah, all of this has been destined uh, to take place. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people are trying to show their support, uh, trying to show their support and try to get more attention uh, and awareness for this matter. But it's also important to understand that we're living in Akhir Zaman and these are end times. So no matter how much you protest in your country, no matter how much you boycott products, at the end of the day, certain things need to take place. Um so, you know, as uh, we living in these times, uh, you know, where we see the system of Dajjal that's taking place. And it's it's important to note that Dajjal is going to rule. Uh, he's going to rule from Jerusalem. He's going to rule from present day Israel, the fake Israel, uh, so to say, uh, when he does come. Fake Messiah ruling from the fake Israel. Um over the fake people, uh, so to speak. So that's why the whole area will need to be captured as you obviously reach the, as they say, Pax Judaica. Yeah, I can see you into, uh, yeah, they call this uh, eschatology, uh, the science of eschatology. And uh, well done there, doctor. And, uh, you know, looking at uh, the bravado, the bravery of uh, the Palestinian people, you know, they're telling us actually, we, uh, you know, we don't need you to read our Janaza Salah. We need you here, and uh, we are taken care of. A divine decree is with us, and uh, perhaps a chosen people for a worthy cause, uh, Doctor. Definitely the real chosen people, and you can see the way that they want to die as martyrs. They want to die shaheed because they know they know the benefit of that. You protected from the punishment of the grave. You know, you go straight to Jannah. Uh, your sins are forgiven before your blood touches the ground. Obviously, if you have that correct niya and intention. Uh, that you're going to be dying by. Uh, and you know, the Quran uh, states, uh, the Akhirah will be better for you than this world. And I think no one understands that better uh, than the Palestinian people. So we living in our comfort, we living in our luxury, in the dunya, sucked into materialism, uh, consumerism, and we lose track of the Akhirah. So they are actually, from a mindset and a spiritual perspective, they're actually in a much better place because they're not living for this world. And their circumstances ensure that, you know, they are living for the Akhirah. You look forward to the Akhirah. Uh, you know, we don't even think of the Akhirah because we're so busy with Netflix. We're so busy with our jobs and sports uh, and so on. Um, but these people, they are bravery on another level. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they know they, they know that it's easier to realize your ultimate purpose uh, in this world. Uh, sometimes when you're in those kind of conditions rather than when you're in comfort and so on. You know, whilst you're talking and you know, you being in the uh, medical field and uh, this, uh, you know, uh, Jordan uh, Peterson, uh, the uh, Canadian psychologist, and I uh, you know that many called him an influencer. The first time I saw him, I said, no, man, hey, you can't. This, uh, this, uh, there's something not right about him. And subsequently, he proved, uh, to be, he proved me to be right. Because I had this inkling feeling that this guy wasn't right. And then when he showed his pro stance with Netanyahu and so forth, you know, how would you advise Muslims to be be careful of people like this that come in? You know, they look like the innocent flower, but they are the serpent beneath this. How do you read people like this? And uh, perhaps uh, can you cure a mind like this, uh, Dr. Azizullah Rawat? <laughs> I think it will be out of my thing to cure his mind, uh, considering where it is right now. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, no, and <clears throat> one thing that, um, that has basically proven that whether you're on the left wing or whether you're on the right wing, both, both sides 
are wings of the same bird. So they're both controlled uh, by the same forces, whether you're on the left, whether you're Republican, whether you're Democrat, whether you're conservative, whether you're liberal, they both control uh, by the same force. Uh, so that's why they might have differing views. But at the end of the day, each political party, each political opinion is under the same force. And they have to be that way. I did see the interview uh, that he did. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, Allah will always lift the blanket of Batil. Um, and uh, that was important now for people to see uh, whose side. And, you know, the Quran also states that, you know, don't take the Jews and the Christians, Jews and Christians uh, for your friends because they they basically allies of one another. And now we see how many Christians are actually supporting uh, Zionism and the state of Israel. and. Um, you know, uh, well, it shouldn't really come as a surprise uh, to us, considering uh, what the Quran states about that. But it just shows that the only people we can depend on are our fellow believers, people with true iman. Now, you being a Hafiz al-Quran, and mashallah, I know your Quran very well, too. It's all about, you know, what Islam has to offer. And as soon as uh, the West and uh, the Zionist, you know, let Islam be, their businesses go down the drain. The uh, fictitious money that is around will uh, will not exist anymore. The evil that is so prevalent now, uh, the deceit and the deception that is uh, engulfing the world, will dis- dissipate. And with that, the hypocritical governments, so-called hypocritical Muslim, I didn't say Muslim, Muslim governments will just vanish into thin air. Uh, doctor, your take. Yes, definitely. You know, all the munafiks, all the mushriks and so on, people who are posing as Muslim, posing as, um, you know, that they're here to help and so on. And we see that with most, if not all of the so-called Muslim countries, you know, they can be Muslim countries, but they're definitely not Islamic uh, countries. There is no Sharia law, they're democracies. Uh, And we know what a democracy basically is. It's a satanic system where the vote, which can be rigged, will now get the decision. You, vote, you can vote for anything you want. You can vote for homosexuality. You can vote for bestiality. You can vote for unlimited abortions. You'll basically get it. And that's the satanic uh, system of the democracy. And hence the importance uh, to establish uh, that Sharia law. Had to have a proper uh, Islamic state under the flag of Tawheed. Now you look at uh, these industries you have, uh, you know, the... Uh... Uh, pornography, you have uh, the, uh, you know, the, the alcoholic industry and uh, the armaments industry, and then you have the uh, uh, pharmaceutical industry, which is the biggest money spinner. And then you have the underground thing, the drugs, um, something that, that's the uh, biggest money spinner, uh, you know, number two, maybe the armaments or vice versa. In your opinion, which industry, which haram industry is making the most money, uh, Dr. Azizullah? Well, we know that the banks basically control countries. Uh, so any country that has a central bank, private banking system is controlled by the same forces. And we saw that with the war, the so-called war on terror, where they created a phantom like ISIS or this Al-Qaeda, or for example, to say, right, there's terrorism there, we need to invade those countries. Um, because most of those countries, they never had a central banking system. Those countries were in financially so-called independent. We saw that with Libya's Gaddafi, uh, when he tried to set up a currency based on the gold, you know, the older gold system instead of the dollar. You wanted to break away from the clutches and the stranglehold of the petrodollar and set up his own currency system. And he got taken out for that. Uh, so I would say that it's the financial system that controls the world. Banks in the form of interest, usury. Uh, and riba, where these banks basically print money out of thin air. They print money out of thin air, they have an unlimited supply of money, and then they charge you interest based on something that they created out of nothing. So it's an absolutely ridiculous and crazy system. And unfortunately, 99% of countries uh, are into that system. And that's why countries are always in debt. Is they always in debt because they owe the banks and the corporations which run the world so much money. And that's that ensures that they forever living under their control. If you owe someone money, then you are technically basically controlled. You're in debt um, or you're going to pay the consequences. So I would say it's the financial, it's the banking system that is the most powerful. And secondly, I would say it's the pharmaceutical system, uh, the modern medical system, uh, which t- does tend to create a dependency uh, and to keep people sick 
uh, and on drugs. Dependent on drugs, the patient cured is a customer lost. Um, and to completely suppress alternative views and alternative cures uh, and natural medicine, uh, homeopathy, all of this has been suppressed, not just by the system, but by, by the media, which I say is third in really steering public perception, brainwashing people uh, and indoctrinating people into their line of view, into the line of view of the medical system uh, and also the banking system. Doctor, I want to work out a scenario here. Right, you're listening to me. You've got three friends. One yeah. is a top endemiologist. You know what I'm talking about. He's a oh. top thing. He is the best. Then you've got one who is a politician. He belongs to the ruling party. And you know what? He doesn't know anything what's going on. He's with them. He's captured by mainstream media. He's captured by the mainstream. And the same with the, your friend that is in the... Uh, uh, you know, who's the endemiologist. And also then you have a certain individual that's a trustee of the mosque, but he entertains all types of dialogue with the Hindus, the Christians, and the agnostic, and the atheists, and all. He allows all that to come into that. And, you know, all these three people are your friends. How do you talk to them and tell them, you know what, you're playing in, a, a, uh, in the league of the captured. You are a sheeple, you're not a people. And they so proudly, you know, they when you look at uh, all the different platforms or uh, the different social media uh, postings, you'll see them posing there, hey, I've arrived. But all the time, you and I know, you know, if you conscientize, you know that these people, are they need big help. But if you, you're going to tackle them, number one, if they, the ego won't take it. You know, these are people that uh, generally have short fuses. But how do, would you tackle these three friends of yours, uh, Dr. Azizullah. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, the ability to conscientize, these people, they don't have any spiritual conscience. So if someone doesn't have a certain level of taqwa, uh, where he's conscious of Allah, he's conscious of the sins that he's doing, he's, um, he, he fear if he doesn't, if there's no ittaqullah, where Allah says, fear me, fear me only, if he doesn't have that, then he is going to do as he pleases. So what happens is that if, if he's not worshipping Allah, he's either worshipping money, he's worshipping his ego, and those things tend to fill that void um, where the ego really takes over. And another, if you could break down ego, you could say it's uh, edging God out, E-G-O, edging God out. When I start to worship yourself and you become selfish and you become uh, nihilistic uh, and individualistic where you only think about yourself and there's really no higher purpose. Uh, so number one, the best thing would be to make dua for the person that Allah will give him hidayat and really show him onto the right path. Number two would be to spread the word, to deliver the message. Just as our prophets were messengers, where they delivered the message, they could never ever force uh, someone to, um, to, to accept their view uh, point. And you really can't force anyone. The more you try and force someone to accept your view, the more uh, they're going to repel uh, that view. So we need to pray for them, um, deliver the message, and then leave. And then there's really nothing more you can do uh, for them uh, because people are so indoctrinated uh, to a point where if you just say something that goes against their opinion, the cognitive dissonance is so rife that they absolutely lose their minds. And we saw that during uh, the COVID crisis where anyone who had a differing opinion, uh, the so-called intellectuals, whether it was doctors or scientists or professors, absolutely lost their minds. Uh, they started throwing emotional tantrums if you challenge their viewpoint uh, and so on. Uh, so the level of social engineering, uh, and it all, a lot of the time, all of the social engineering, it stems from the university system. It stems from the education system where people now are indoctrinated to such a point they have their degree, they have their qualification where they now automatically think that what they are saying is right and what you as a layman are saying is wrong. Now you make a brilliant point there, uh, you know, as these people, if you take them on, I mean, uh, you had that uh, experience. I know you spoke about COVID. Uh, what's the new th uh, thing they say? Hey, X, uh, I know they changed that Twitter's name to X. I don't know what's going on in their mind, but they, hey, the X factor and something else. What's the new COVID uh, you know, virus that they're thinking of that they're going to do? 
bring it into human beings. Already the paranoia started. The the great uh, scientists are you know standing and propagating, spewing lies upon lies, where you have the proof that this was a failure, the vaccination was a failure, and all this. But now they want to bring in an an X factor. What is this X factor? Or this new virus they want to bring in, uh, doctor. Yeah, I'm sure it's anyone's guess. So whatever comes to their imagination, they will just spew out. Most of the time, even if you look at the pictures that they generated of so-called viruses, it's all CGI. It's all computer-generated images. I don't think anyone has ever ever seen what a virus looks like uh, in their life. But they'll tell you, there's this virus, you need to take this vaccine. There's this virus, take this vaccine. The entire vaccine and virus industry is dependent on one another. Uh, it's like yin and yang. You can't, one can't survive without the other. If one goes down, the other falls. Um, so they're both dependent on each other. You need so-called contagious deadly viruses in order to justify your vaccines. And that's really what it's about. Uh, and now you see, um, I would say that uh, the more these uh, medication is coming in, the more people are going to be dependent and hooked onto technology uh, and so on. So it's going to take you more and more, basically merging man to a point where he's like a machine, uh, where he's like a machine. He has no independent critical thought. Uh, there's no ability to actually procreate or have children uh, and so on. So I, I would say that's the goal, or as they call it, transhumanism. So you're merging man with machine uh, and make it, basically making them uh, less uh, likely to resist any kind of, uh, uh, say, tyranny. Well, I like to say tyranny, tyrannical. Ah, this guy is too good, man. Doc, protons, pro protons, neutrons, and electrons. You know what I'm talking about, eh? Because that's your field. I mean, these things, if you don't, it makes everything happen, doctor. Talk to us about it. Yeah, your positive charges, your negative charges, <laughs> your electrical charges, and so on. Also from a medical uh, perspective, you know, the body, the human body has a certain charge. And that's why they say if you walk barefoot on grass, if you walk barefoot on earth, it's called grounding or earthing and so on. It actually balances the electrons. Uh, so, for example, if you are more negatively charged and you put yourself on earth, now it's more of a positive charge. Or if you're positive charge, you put yourself on earth, it's a negative charge. So it actually balances yourself out. And such is the beauty, you know, of nature and just connecting uh, with the nature uh, and so on. But uh, obviously, in the world we live in, it's very artificial, very technological, where everything takes us away from that. Um, hence the importance to now, you know, to get back to the roots of natural medicine. Um, and so on. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I pity those uh, that don't even experience the park or the sea sand. I mean, I do a lot of walking on the sea and the shores, the beautiful ocean. I mean, my part of the world is very clean, doctor. Don't think I'm walking near where you are, eh? because there I know all those other things are coming and you're still taking a chance. But <laughs> in the mid-south coast here, you must come and walk with me one day, doctor. It's absolutely pristine, pure lovely i enjoy that so what about those that are living in areas which is completely concrete jungle they get up in the morning they're on a concrete jungle they go to the office they're walking on concrete and they don't experience the grass or nature at all what is you know what is the disadvantage of living a life like that uh, doctor I think it's a very toxic environment. You know, if you're constantly in pollution, in congestion, you know, traffic jams, I think it's very bad for your health. And that's why people have so much uh, stress and anxiety uh, in their lives because it's this modern lifestyle uh, that we live in. You know, it's called the rat race. You're always chasing something, you know. Nothing will ever make you truly happy. You're always chasing money or you're chasing this, you're chasing this aspect of dunya and so on. So I think, I think people are very lucky if they are living among nature, if they're living among the trees and the birds and so on. I know for a lot of us, that does seem very difficult because of the jobs. Uh, you know, we become dependent. We are dependent on the system. We're dependent on the financial system, on the food system and so on. You know, we don't have any kind of true independence where we can grow on, where we can say, you know what, I can move out, I can go off grid, I'll have my food, I'll have my animals, and so on. It's very difficult for us. And that's why the dunya is so appealing. Um, and that really is the ultimate struggle, the struggle between deen and dunya. Tell you, Doc, you know, you when you're talking about deen and dunya and you're talking about, uh, you know, the human beings, I don't know what year you had your first uh, 
burger, you know, the mutton patty. They call it burger. And I remember it was my late auntie, Dr. Safrura Dular Khan. And she had ordered me this thing. And I was a lighty. I must have been still 11, uh, 12 years old, yeah. And this is the first burger I had. And you know what? I, I think I got quite healthy within the three years because I became an addict. I don't know when you tasted that, but subsequently as we grew and, uh, you know, I don't know when the Umba really became health conscious, but uh, maybe it was recently. When did you have your first patty or your burger and then you decided, you know what, for health reasons, I'm not going to indulge to bulge. Talk to me, Doc. Yeah, I know we all love those Smoking Joe's patties and those Spur <laughs> burgers, those Whippy <laughs> burgers, <laughs> and so on. But it, it really, because it tastes so nice, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, when you understand how the body works and how a lot of the foods that you put in your body actually builds up uh, toxicity, uh, you know, if you look at a variety of foods, whether it's sugars, whether it's oils, uh, whether it's the breads that we eat, everything is building up toxicities, uh, toxicities in the body and uh, basically making you sick uh, in the long run. Uh, so there is healthier versions and alternatives uh, for all of these things, uh, luckily. But again, that's the challenge in order to uh, in order to go, you know, obviously everything in moderation, but uh, the key is just not to eat too much of it uh, to a point where, you know, you can't say no. You just, uh, you know, you're craving it all the time uh, and so on. Now, that's unhealthy. Now, doctor, I'm going to confess with you, right? If you bring a uh, well-marinated steak with, uh, you know, lemon and pepper sauce and, uh, you know, I don't know, and they'll put the chips in the corner, I will refuse the chips. I will refuse uh, the uh, rolls with it. But I can indulge in that uh, pepper steak, you know, with the lemon, that marinade. What about you? Uh, I mean, having it without the frills and all that, just having it like that, can it do any harm? You know, there's a very importance for meat uh, in our diet. Uh, you only need to ask the cavemen uh, what they ate. <laughs> to <laughs> Wrong. It was only meat. It was meat. They ate meat. Uh, they beveraged on milk uh, and they snacked on berries and maybe nuts. And that was their diet, uh, literally. Uh, there was no diabetes. There was no heart disease. There was none of that sort. It's the preservatives and it's the artificial stuff that's being put mm. in, the hormones, the chemicals that's been pumped in. That. So the problem isn't in meat itself. It's what's going inside the meat. The problem isn't with milk. It's what's inside the milk. It's not... If the problem isn't bread, so to speak, it's how the bread is being made. So that's the modern issue uh, that we have. I know a lot of elderly people say, you know, and I've been eating bread for so many years, you know, but they don't understand the bread of today isn't the bread. The bread of today, the wheat is basically Franken wheat. It's like wheat on steroids, a wheat, a Frankenstein wheat. Uh, it's refined, it's modified, uh, and so on. The oil of today is refined, it's rancid, it's like consuming engine oil. Um, and the sugars, refined sugars, poisoning our cells uh, and so on. But meat in itself, um, uh, as you ask me now, it's important and it's, in, it's essential for your vitamin D. It's essential for your zinc. And remember, <clears throat> zinc and vitamin D are both precursors for testosterone production. So obviously, if you don't eat meat now, you're going to be testosterone depleted. Um, so a lot of people who undergo the vegan and the vegetarian diets, they don't have that uh, necessary um, component for their testosterone production. And testosterone is your ultimate hormone as a man. Now, you're making me think very deeply here. Yeah? I'm going to blame you for this. So in other words, if I become a herbivore, then I'm going to become docile and meek and mild, like the lamb, uh, doctor. Basically, yes. So meat is essential. As a man, you need meat uh, for your zinc and for your minerals and ultimately for your testosterone uh, production. Um, again, think of the cavemen. <laughs> they were very, very, they had lots of testosterone levels in them. Think of the lion, how the lion uh, uh, consumes meat. Um, so it's, it's kind of the same thing. Meat is an essential component of our diet and nobody should be having uh, a diet which is devoid of meat, uh, either in the form of red meat, chicken or fish.
yeah, provided they're organic, they're fresh, and they don't have all these other artificial things and all. Talking about GMO foods, uh, you know, they, they say once upon a time, China, you know, gave its population or the populace, G, not GMO, but uh, lovely organic fresh food. But it seems as if China now is embarking on a world program of wheat and maize. But guess how, doctor? They're going to GMO the whole thing and uh, supply the world uh, with this with an alternative. And, you know, we always thought when you uh, look at China and you look at the U.S., you know, the Chinese were a little better than them because they didn't have these cereals and this and that. So we talk about BRICS, we talk about the West, we talk about the G7, we talk about all this. But uh, it seems that BRICS and maybe the G7 and the West is a head and tail of the same coin. What do you read into it, Dr. Azizullah Rawat? I'd say that they're all controlled by the same forces. You know, back in the day, mm. uh, even in the Roman day, what they fed slaves, their slaves were fed a specific diet comprising of grains. So that was specifically to keep them docile, to prevent them from resisting uh, and overthrowing uh, the government. So if you want a diet full with grain, it's definitely not a good thing. Um, but in terms of the America, China, you know, all uh, both sides of the same coin, all controlled by the same forces. And how do we know that? Uh, because they're not going to war. There's no war against that country. If any country stands up like Libya's Gaddafi, uh, for example, and says, you know what, I'm not having any of this uh, anymore. You know, I want my country to be uh, nationalist. I want to keep the national interests of the country in the country. I don't want any foreign uh, powers uh, controlling my country, get rid of all the corporations, get rid of all the uh, international banks and so on. That country will become a target. Uh, they'll Either the leader will be assassinated or there'll be a civil war, uh, which, um, which will be started in that country or a revolution is the famous word. Uh, so that's how we know that these countries are both controlled uh, by the same forces, uh, because if they were, that I think they'd definitely be, they would be a target uh, for elimination. Now you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, that's why you find these Muslim countries shaking, quivering. And they can, if we go against our bosses here, they'll eliminate us, like what they did to Saddam, what they did to Gaddafi, and many African leaders that were taken out of the equation. Even many Pakistani leaders were taken off the equation and are now poor Imran Khan languishing mm. in jail. So, you know, exactly uh, what you have said uh, makes a lot of sense, uh, Doctor. When you talk about uh, these different types of scenarios that come into the world, when it comes to, you know, the latest craze in medicine or, you know, the latest thing, that even your, uh, the, your, your ordinary toothpaste, they say, hey, with aloe or with charcoal, I mean, is this a gimmick or this aloe, you know, aloe vera and aloe in this and aloe that and say, aloe, aloe, I want to buy more aloe. What's going on, doctor? Are people being programmed into buying gimmicks or is it the, uh, is something that will benefit the Umar? I think they, they were talking about aloe, aloe, you know, maybe they were feeling for some aloe. Ah, hey, I tell you, it's <laughs> an ideal time. Just give me some aloe fry with a lovely hot roti <laughs> and tangy, tangy, tangy sauce on it. I'm going to chow it with you, doctor. And with luck, a hot chai. Why are you teasing yeah. my taste buds? Go, go ahead, Doc, on a more, more serious note. Yeah, so aloe, aloe, aloe's, aloe's more for the skin. Uh, so aloe vera is very, very good in terms of nourishing and moisturizing uh, the skin. In terms of toothpaste or natural alternative, natural alternative for toothpaste, uh, activated charcoal does work if you combine it with some bentamite clay or even some essential oils uh, like peppermint, for example, and bicarb. So you can make, because remember, these are cleaning e uh, agents. Bicarb, by nature, is a cleaning agent. So uh, you can use it as a natural toothpaste. Um, I would still say uh, that uh, they're much, much better uh, than your conventional toothpaste, but you'd want to obviously look at the ingredients. If it has something like fluoride, if it has something like mercury, aluminium, then you'd want to stay away from those things because these things are neurotoxins. There's absolutely no reason why our water supply should have fluoride, aluminium, 
and so on in it. Um, and a lot of the time they tell you, you know, oh, it's for your teeth, but why would they care about our teeth? They don't care about other things. Uh, so it's neurotoxins and linked to things like neurological conditions like dementia, like Alzheimer's. You'd find that a lot of people with dementia, Alzheimer's, even autism, they have a heavy metal toxicity. There's heavy metals in their body, like mercury and aluminum, uh, and they would have to now detox from that. Now, Doc, you know the Boko won the World Cup, right? Go, Boko, go. But now I want to talk about you. You, you, you see, you, you, you triggered me here. You talk about that water, you got fluoride and this and that. In Cape Town, most of the population, they got that gap there. And many say, I've said, but why, why most of y'all have the gap there, you know? They say, no, man, it's uh, something to do with the water. Is that true? The water causes that uh, gap to come there. Well, they told me it was the fashion trend. They were going with the trend. Ah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. you, mean, yeah. you mean to say no. they deliberately take out that uh, uh, front uh, tooth? They deliberate, a, a lot of them deliberately take it out as the style. Because I know if in your community, say for example, maybe you're getting peer pressured. A lot of people has that gap. Uh, so now you'd also want to have that gap. A lot of people have their they have their two front teeth missing. So now you also want to knock them out. Uh, so uh, from what I was told, yes, it is a fashion trend. Um, it could also be that a certain lack of uh, minerals or uh, maybe a supplementation or a lack of an essential nutrient that does tend to cause it. A lot of, I mean, teeth. They don't just appear like that. A lot of the time could be, uh, you know, a condition uh, that's in the person's genes uh, and so on. Uh, maybe there's a lack of calcium or so on also in the body. Uh, the, in terms of the water supply, I would probably like to think that the water we have in Durban isn't too different uh, from the water we have there. Uh, so it could also be a cultural thing. Uh, you know, different community of people, different culture of people would now have different uh, conditions, just like how our Indian people are more prone to things like diabetes and heart disease uh, and so on. But as I mentioned, it would just make you more prone. Doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get it. Now, Doc, you stayed in Cape Town for, I don't know, five or ten years. Uh, your friends in the, you know, put pressure on you say, hey, hey, take it off, Doc. Take it off. Be one of us. I want you to be honest. Uh, they were like, yo, are we me, bro? Why is your teeth like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think my, my teeth were just uh, fine. Um, I didn't give in to any peer pressure in order to create any gaps or so on. Yeah, I know. No gap, people. Dangerous when you keep, even in your salah, if there's a gap, who comes in the gap? Tell them, Doc. Yeah, Shaitan comes into the gap. And it was absolutely mind-boggling uh, how we were still condoning that <laughs> during the lockdown. You know, you're literally inviting Shaitan. Come, Shaitan, stand next to me and disunite our hearts. Yeah, because Shaitan was trying to see uh, how many of you going to be Shaitan compliant. Yeah, I think Shaitan was laughing very hard when you were seeing people spraying their hands with alcohol and then going to the masjid and then literally inviting him in as a guest. So it was ridiculous. You know, doctor, I had a friend of mine and, you know, he said, hey, chef, I'm sick of this, man. I'll go to the mall. This guy is spraying my face and everything. So I, what I told them, no, no, I got my own bottle. But guess what he did? He filled it with water, right? You know, the, the spray thing, like, when you got this, yeah. oh, no, 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 I got my own thing. And he sprayed the fellow looking at him. I mean, there's it. They can't, they don't even know what you've got. You said, no, I got my own spray. And you're hitting yourself with water, doctor. I wonder how many uh, did that. I think I probably did that at one stage where, did you, you know what, <laughs> they just give, you know, just load it up with water, load it up with some essential oils, uh, so on. Uh, but, you know, people were, you know, even at restaurants, people were literally with their sanitizers, spraying the entire menu, spraying the entire table, spraying the food. Uh, it was definitely a sight to see. Yeah, I know one of the radio stations I was, uh, the, they came and fumigated the whole station, man. The whole thing come. And every time a presenter finished, you know, the mic there, they took the sponge off and said, no, each one must have their own cap, please. And all that, they were very compliant. You think uh, in hindsight now, they feel like fools, those that uh, implemented all these uh, different protocols and made certain individuals very rich, rather very, very rich, uh, doctor. Yeah, if they do feel like fools, I don't think they will ever, ever admit 
uh, that they were wrong. You know, it's like people who took the vaccine, they took the jab, they took the boosters, um, but they won't admit, you know, they were wrong. They might say, you know what, I got paralyzed or I got an autoimmune condition, but they won't say, you know what, I was wrong um, and so on. Uh, so, yeah, I do think that people were doing quite uh, strange things, you know, buying hazmat suits and, uh, you know, not sh- not even hugging their mothers and fathers, not even going to janaza salas uh, and so on. So it was definitely the craziest time uh, that I'm sure anyone has ever been in. Uh, and probably we won't hopefully see something like that again. Now, Dr. Azizullah, so you... You never wore a mask. You had to wear it because if you went into that mall or the uh, shopping center, you couldn't walk into that store if you didn't have a mask. So you must have had a mask on then. Yeah, I'll be honest. There were times, look, if you walk into someone's business and that is the protocol, then I do believe that you should respect uh, that protocol. If you're choosing to now walk into someone's shop or if you're choosing to walk into someone's home, if they do have, you know, protocol in order to respect them, yes. But there were a lot of times uh, where the security did come for me at the malls. Uh, you know, I did try to outrun him uh, at times also. <laughs> and, um, you know, where's your mask? Where's your where's your sanitizer? Uh, and so on. Um, uh, but, you know, there were a lot of times where I just didn't wait. Um, because at the end of the day, you're going with your conscience. You know, you know that you are doing something that's harmful to your body. Uh, it's simple gaseous exchange. You need to breathe in oxygen and you breathe out carbon dioxide. Uh, and now you covering your mouth, you're basically breathing in your own poisonous waste. So what's going to happen is going to lower your immune system. Same thing with spraying your hands with alcohol. Uh, it's gonna, you're going to penetrate into all those healthy, all that healthy bacteria and the mucosa linings of your skin is going to get killed. So what happens now is that the toxins can go directly into your skin because you don't have any membranes protecting it. Uh, So I did try and resist as much as I could. Um, But uh, I did think that, you know, if you're going into someone's premises, then you should respect that. I tell you, Doc, I, you know what, I bought that latest, uh, like an army camouflage thing, right? (laughs) And when I went there, I told the person, listen, I want the loosest one you got, loosest. He's like, no, it must be. T-. I said, give me the loosest. And I tell you, I said, put it like walking. Once I'm in the supermarket, I pass the security. That thing was like down and I'm having fresh air. So I beat the system that way. And then that water story, I mastered it. So I had that and everyone looked at my mask and said, hey, where you got that? I said, very expensive. If you're going to buy it, it's very expensive. And true, it was very expensive, but I knew how to get along it. So as you said, when you're in someone's premises, respect them. Don't go and cause a fracas and a altercation, and then you make life difficult for yourself and for them, uh, doctor. Uh, I mean, uh, this is what you're advocating. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I am advocating that if you are going to someone's place, then you should respect the place or don't go into their place. I don't see the logic in going into someone else's place and not, uh, you know, respecting them and just causing a scene. Yeah. So I don't advocate uh, for that. Uh, Obviously, now, if you're out in the public, if you're walking on a street, I don't think anyone should have any right to tell you what to wear uh, and so on uh, and so forth. Uh, But, you know, people were hanging their masks on their ear. People were wearing it on their chin. uh, And it really was so ridiculous. You know, you could, you have to wait. But when you're eating, you don't have to wait because obviously the virus and food um are fearful of each other so you know nothing made sense which made it obviously a hundred times worse to be following the protocol not only was it unhealthy but it just didn't make sense yes sir doctor you know you still find uh, those people that are so paranoid up to today you know they must have the mask on to keep the distance and you know when you see these guys walking around the mask and you say hey are you right in your head or something yeah but you can't say that because uh, there's a huh Mind your own business. Well, I mean, in public, you have to, sometimes silence is the best answer to fools, though, doctor. Silence is definitely the best answer to fools. I mean, if you're not going to be silent, you're going to end up fighting with so many people because so <laughs> many people will be following the herd. And it's not, it's majority, there will always be the majority who will be on 
that side. So majority will always be on, you know, with the herd. It, because it's very difficult and you need to have a certain level of core strength or courage, so to say, to go against the herd. If everyone is running towards, um, say, if everyone's running towards, um, for example, uh, hot dogs, uh, and then a f- there'll always be a few people who will be running towards, for example, say, um, uh, a salad, for example. Uh, so it is difficult. Uh, there is peer pressure. Uh, peer pressure doesn't just exist in high school, but also in the adult community, as you saw uh, during the lockdown. It's very difficult to go against the herd. Uh, if most people are doing something, it's hard to stand out. You need to have a lot of strength. Uh, but that's the challenge. Uh, you know, go with your conscience. Don't ever compromise on your core values uh, and your, especially your spiritual, or your spiritual, or your Sharia values. Don't ever, ever compromise on that. Don't ever take anything as a power over Allah. Subhanahu Doctor, I don't know. I'm enjoying this evening with you. How are you feeling? Feeling tops with you, man. I mean, look at the discussion like it's hitting uh, high octane, Doc. Yeah, I think we, we're reaching out into space, sir. <laughs> you want to get some meteorites or some iron? Let's go get some vitamin D or C and bring the iron down to Earth. You know, the iron comes from uh, from the skies. Eh? It's not uh, then it's mined on Earth. It doesn't grow on Earth. It comes from there, Doc, from the skies. Yeah, yeah. so the, even, even the Earth's crust, if you go into the crust of the Earth, the layers of the Earth, you'll find a lot of, you know, ore and minerals and so on in the Earth's crust. Uh, itself so and it just shows that everything is there for our benefit you know when Allah says he placed all of this where there's animals where there's plants all there for our uh, consumption uh, all it's all there for us you know but obviously we live in a world you know you can't even go to Antarctica uh, because of the Antarctic Treaty where you basically be shot on the spot um, you know you can't mm. even explore you know you need passports you know back in the day if you had a horse you could go around the whole world uh, but now uh, you know, you need your passport, you need your visa. It's all there for control um, at the end of the day. Yeah, we know what they up to. Harp and this. We don't know harp on that, doctor. But uh, hey, questions coming in uh, for you this evening. This one says, uh, Assalamu alaikum, Uncle Shafat, uh, Marcus Radio with Dr. A.M. Rawat. Uh, reading the post about a South American herb, yerba, for diabetic cure. Do we not have an equivalent herb in South Africa? Won't it be better? We grow yerba right here and have it fresher than take it as a capsule or as uh, dried for tea. Tell us how many chemicals go in when a herb is processed as a med. Uh, Jazakallah, third year medical student, B.B. Amina, doctor. Yeah, so it would definitely be amazing if we could uh, grow that herb here. Uh, an equivalent, I would say, is something called berberine. So berberine does help blood sugar levels. You can either get it in a capsule form or even in the form of a herbal tea. Uh, in terms of the chemicals that are used, uh, I can't really speak out for other herbs, but I know for the yerba mate herb, there is no chemicals that's used. Uh, biomass fuels are used for its production. So it's basically renewable sources of energy, carbon compounds from plants and animals. And then the herb, the leaves are obviously dried. Um, and so on. Uh, so it is uh, an excellent form, as the scientific studies have shown that yerba mate, it was first discovered by the Topi and Guanani people in Paraguay, uh, then it branched off to Argentina, Brazil. So they have it as a tea. Sportsmen, even Argentina, the football players, they all drink this um, this herb. Uh, and it's amazing. The benefits are amazing, especially for diabetes uh, and obesity. Yeah, Lionel Messi. We know your stance when it comes to all that. Anyway, we'll leave the Argentine uh, captain alone and move on. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Medical Excellence on Age. Jazakallah khair for that. Uh, reference to Dr. Azizullah Rawat on uh, the uh, treatment for diabetics with yerba herbs. How can it benefit obese people, Dr. Jazakallah Idris Star Muhammad? I tune in from Dubai. Doc? Yeah, so the yerba mate reduces your body fat mass. It then reduces your body fat percentage. So the percentage of your body that's fat will get reduced. Your WHR, which is your waist uh, hip ratio, it reduces that also. 
Uh, so how does it reduce that? Well, first of all, it reduces your cravings for sugar. So sugar cravings go down. So you're consuming less sugar. So less sugar needs to be metabolized uh, by the body. So it basically improves your metabolism of sugar. Less sugars coming in, ability of the body to metabolize uh, that sugar is increased. Um, and that's basically what diabetes is. Diabetes is the inability of the body to metabolize that sugar. So remember, sugar is energy. Sugar is fuel, whether it's glucose, fructose, sucrose, uh, and so on. So the body requires it for energy in certain amounts. Um, but in terms of obesity also, uh, you'd also want to exercise because remember, uh, exercises improves the blood flow, the circulation, regulates pressure, uh, and so on. Uh, in conjunction with the herb. Uh, and a key point for everyone to note is that when you sweat, you lose weight. So when you exercise, you have to sweat in order to lose weight because the sweat is toxins. And remember that um, toxins deposit itself into fat cells, fat cells. So when you sweat, you're losing the toxins and you're losing the fat cells. So whether you're sitting in a sauna and you're sweating, uh, whether you have a fever, you have a toxic overload, so your body has to induce the fever in order to detox, you're losing those fat cells, uh, and then your general exercise. And then you have your yerba mate, which will help regulate your body's metabolism, reduce your sugar cravings, and a whole range of effects when it comes to insulin. Absolutely brilliant there. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Medical files on Marcus and uh, Mufti A.K. Hussain, Shafath, and uh, Dr. A.M. Rawat. Please explain more about chromium and in what food source can we find it? Molana Suleiman, uh, doctor. Okay, so chromium is a, is a trace element. It's a basic essential uh, mineral, uh, similar to magnesium, potassium, calcium that the body requires. It's not a mineral that's very often spoke about. It's kind of like selenium. Not a lot of people speak about it, but it has a whole range of benefits. Chromium in particular, when it comes to uh, diabetes, it improves insulin signaling. So what happens is when you consume sugar, insulin, so your pancreas has two cells, alpha cells and beta cells. So alpha cells secrete glucagon and beta cells secrete insulin. So when you consume sugar, either refined sugar uh, from a pack of biscuits or a donut or your glucose, your sucrose, your fructose in the form of grapes, for example. So you consume sugar, the sugar enters your system. The pancreas, beta cells secretes insulin. Insulin, uh, the hormone, now sends a signal to your cells to open up and now utilize the sugar to break down, metabolize the sugar. But in order for, for insulin to send that signal, there are certain compounds, there are certain minerals that is required to help with that signaling, to help with the sensitivity, and chromium is one of those uh, minerals. So a lot of people, if you eat too much sugar, there's just too much sugar coming in, or if the, there's too much insulin getting produced, but there's no signaling happening for the, for the cells to open up and utilize the sugar, then the diabetes occurs, because now there's too much sugar, there's too much insulin uh, getting produced, uh, and there's nowhere for that sugar to go. It goes into all the wrong places. That's why people get infection. They have to amputate their toes uh, and so on. Uh, so that's basically how the chromium now would help with the insulin signaling for the cells now to incorporate the sugar into the body. And remember, sugar is your energy and your fuel source. So in terms of food sources uh, for chromium, uh, the yolk of the egg, uh, you have your liver, your seafood, uh, vegetables like broccoli and mushrooms and brewers or let's say baker's yeast. So these would be very important sources of chromium. Now, Doc, you know, uh, once you spoke about vegetables and I saw Mr. Cabbage coming in front of me, I sometimes love uh, cabbage with aloo and, you know, you spoke about aloo earlier on with aloe vera, aloo and uh, cabbage with a soft roti and some uh, comcot pickle. Uh, some love it as coleslaw. You know, cabbage is a very important ingredient there. Uh, can you have cabbage like that on a regular basis, like a coleslaw, doctor? Uh, yeah, you can. You can definitely have that. Uh, a lot. Unfortunately, a lot of the vegetables by itself they don't have a very good taste. Uh, and we know that what tastes bad is usually what's good for you. Uh, but in order to help yourself, you know, you rather take it with something that makes it taste better than not take it at all. Uh, so it's uh, definitely a better option to have it as a coleslaw. 
uh, just to get those minerals. It might be a little bit more depleted because it's not in its pure form, but you'll still get the minerals. Yeah. Are you a big cabbage fan, uh, Doc? Uh, not too much a cabbage fan, more for broccoli. Uh, <laughs> more for broccoli. Cauliflower. Yeah, broccoli, um, celery. Uh, try my best. Yeah, I tell you that uh, broccoli, you go to the uh, other supermarkets, the branded supermarkets, you pay an arm and a leg. You go to a local supermarket like the Almina market here in uh, Mirbank, uh, it's quarter the price. I'm giving you a tip now if you're a broccoli fan, Doc. You're going to try yeah, the Mirbank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, even a place like Varanam, you know, they have a nice food market there. there mm. I know there's a market in Clearwood. Uh, also where, you know, you get your local organic stuff at very good prices. Uh, unfortunately, nowadays, you live in a world where you need to pay uh, in order to eat uh, healthy. Um, unfortunately, that's the way it is because um, the system is designed for people to be eating unhealthy. Uh, so the more they get sick, the more the system makes money. Yeah, 60 minutes, they'll send you your chocolates, your chips, and they'll send you the, yeah, the broccoli at a lacquer price. Well, moving on here, it says, Assalamu alaikum, all at a Marcus. Attention, Shafaz and the doctor on air. Can we prevent diabetes if it is in our genes? Can the yerba herb prevent my teenage children from getting diabetic, even though most in our family have diabetes? Jazakallah, Haji Muhammad. Sounds like Haji Muhammad is a sweet man, doc. <laughs> Yeah, no one should believe, no one should believe that anything is in their genes that they're going to get it. It means that you're more prone to getting it. It doesn't mean that you're definitely going to get it. So uh, it's kind of like a victim mindset, you know. You believe that this happened to you, so you don't take accountability, you don't take responsibility for your lifestyle. Uh, so because you may be more prone, it just means that you now need to work harder uh, in order to combat that. Um, uh, yeah, that's basically what it means. Uh, not necessarily that it's in your genes, you're definitely going to get it. It just means now that you must work harder and you must take now the necessary precautions, uh, the necessary minerals uh, and diet changes also in order to prevent now the diabetes from happening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Medical Files. We learn so much as a family from the program. Jazakallah Shafaz. May I ask uh, Dr. Azizullah Rawat? What other benefits in the in this yerba herb? So must the yerba be taken with something else to activate it? How will it work? In uh, how will it work? Plain, babu in umshlanga, doc. Yeah, I take it plain, and it works. Uh, it, it's quite wonderful. You don't need anything else uh, to take it with. Uh, consume it as a morning tea, uh, as an evening tea. So you basically take the dry herb and strain it, and then drink it. Um, and so on. Uh, although if you are suffering from diabetes or obesity, then you would want to supplement it with chromium just to enhance the effects uh, for faster uh, treatment uh, and for a better prognosis. Uh, so chromium and yerba mate, berberine and yerba mate will work excellent uh, together in order to regulate uh, your blood sugar levels. In terms of the other effects for the Yerba mate, it has a whole range of effects and it's filled with antioxidants, um, anti-inflammatory, it fights inflammation, it's, uh, it neutralizes your free radicals, it prevents uh, cancer, fights cancer cells also. Uh, and then as we spoke about the regulation, it regulates your metabolism uh, and in terms of diabetes, diabetes and obesity, uh, excellent uh, form of treatment, especially if you want to wean yourself off the medication. So if you're on chronic meds for diabetes, uh, then a lot of the time the side effects would go to your liver, your kidneys. So you would want to prevent that. You don't want to be uh, dependent on pills uh, to that extent. You would much rather want to take a natural holistic form uh, and a tea, uh, especially for all those tea drinkers. Um, you, you would really enjoy this tea, uh, this, this um, yerba mate tea. Yes, uh, Doc, I'm looking at a message on the screen here. Sister says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Azizullah Rawat. I'm uh, listening very attentively. I have a problem. My son had been uh, diagnosed with cancer, and after three different uh, doctors, uh, they all came to the same conclusion that he has to go for chemo. He's already underwent uh, the first treatment. But after listening to you this evening, I'm having a second thought. How soon can we come and see you? Can you reverse this cancer? Doctor, how do you respond to sister? 
Yeah, you can come see me as soon as possible. I uh, can obviously get my details uh, from the radio station and you can make an appointment. Uh, the first uh, thing would be a detox because remember what a, a cancer cell is an abnormal cell. It's an abnormal cell, but it's also a very, very toxic cell. So it's, it's like a bag of toxins. So if you have a bag of toxins in the body, you would want to now drain those toxins out. So step one would be now a complete detox, either in the form of wet cupping, the sunnah hijama, where you pull out the toxins from the blood. Uh, the second form of detox uh, would be either in the form of a liver or gut cleanse, where now uh, your child would keep going to the toilet in order to eliminate those toxins, or you'll be coughing out phlegm in order to eliminate those toxins. So that would be the step one. Step two would be supplementation. Uh, so we'd want to boost um, the child's immune system uh, and really uh, give him that ability to protect uh, the cells uh, in, the, in the form of, you know, your minerals, uh, your multivitamins, uh, and so on. So that would be uh, the two-step uh, process uh, if you want to avoid the radiation uh, of chemotherapy. Alhamdulillah, I'm sure uh, many will already find a sukoon in the world that, that you have given us this evening and uh, you know before i let you go uh, there was a brother brother telling me that he had a toothache uh, recently and he took a clove uh, 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 a clove oil and he put it on the you know, area where it was paining and it cured him and then uh, he also said that there's another brother that had a, a rotten tooth and he told him to use it but unfortunately it uh, the pain kept on coming so in other words, you're telling me there's certain times that you can't cure it with oils and this and that. You have to go to the dentist, uh, doctor. How you respond to that? Uh, yeah, no, it is true. Uh, to a certain level, you know, conventional medicine and then natural medicine do work in different ways. Uh, natural medicine does work best for chronic, uh, more long-term conditions because of the uh, more holistic approach. Uh, and, you know, for example, if you're having an asthma attack, a panic attack or so on now, obviously a conventional, the conventional medicine would work faster in a way. Uh, so they both have their, obviously their range of benefits, but uh, obviously for, con uh, for chronic conditions like cancer, like diabetes, like hypertension, you don't want to become dependent on pills. Uh, so in that way, now you could now have a diet a change and undergo or have the con um, natural medicine, holistic approach uh, in order to help you with that, uh, with those conditions. Uh, but yeah, you know, the uh, conventional medicine does have its benefits also, in particular with like emergencies uh, and trauma, uh, severe infection uh, and so on. How many people come to you for, uh, you know, suffering with the halitosis or maybe gum disease and so forth, uh, doctor? Don't have a lot of people coming with uh, gum problems necessarily. I think a lot of, well, most people would obviously now check it out with the dentist uh, and so on. So it's more the chronic uh, conditions like hypertension and diabetes, uh, some cancer uh, people, and then you have your people with pain uh, and, and so on, you know, vertigo, tinnitus, anxiety, uh, gut problems, uh, and so on. So now they would come for a full consultation. Uh, they'll undergo the body, you know, some iridology. Iridology is where you scan the iris of the eye. Reflexology, you're working under the feet, pressure points. Uh, full body analysis, where the machine will pick up their vitamins, their minerals, go through their organs. So uh, that's the full consult that I do offer. Uh, and then you'll obviously go to treatment. You have your cupping, your acupuncture, uh, and then all the whole range of holistic medicine uh, that I have and supplementation uh, for different conditions. Or if you just want multivitamin, natural, uh, better multivitamin. If you have skin problems, sinus problems, then I do offer those holistic uh, treatment options. Well, I can tell you this was a holistic evening with you, Dr. Azizullah Rawat. Uh, perhaps your parting words uh, before we let you go. Uh, yeah, just an absolute pleasure uh, to be uh, on the show uh, today. Um, you know, as, as I mentioned, uh, you know, no matter what the system tells you, you know, you can't cure this, you have to go on this for life, you have to become dependent on this. I know our natural inclination is to believe the system because it is the mainstream. It is what the majority maybe uh, is going for. But just know that there is a more uh, holistic, uh, more natural approach, which will also incorporate the sunnah. 
uh, into its treatment uh, with less side effects. Um, and it is in, in, it's in correlation, you know, with your body's fitra because it's natural. You're not introducing artificial and synthetic uh, foreign substances uh, into your body also. Um, so the na- natural nature will find a way uh, to cure you. Uh, and obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the ashafi. Uh, so under his, you know, we just, at the end of the day, we just mediums. Uh, you know, we just play a role in the treatment, but it's him who actually brings shifa and cure and healing. Jazakallah khair, uh, Dr. Azizullah Rawat. I really enjoyed uh, this uh, session with you. We'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My pleasure. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Time for us to go for the Isha Azan and inshallah we will continue after that.